I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. Today we'll be looking at verses 1 through 14. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there and turn to page 678 in the Pew Bible. Page 678 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a, a Bible, if you don't own a Bible, then we invite you to take that Pew Bible with you. Take that and use that. We want you to have a copy of God's Word. It will certainly bless your life. Now, as we prepare for revival this next week, we have been focusing on the idea of revival over the last few weeks. And so we've considered the elements of revival, which are humility, confession, and repentance. Uh, then we looked at the evidence of revival what happens when revival takes place and, and we saw there there was there's worship and witness the people of God worship the Lord our God and we go out and tell other people about it we witness about the gospel of Jesus Christ but but what about the power of revival what empowers true revival because we said that we can't just plan a revival Right? Revival is not something that we can manufacture. So what empowers revival? And we find the answer to that question here today in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. This text is one of the most interesting texts in Scripture. Here, the prophet Ezekiel, uh, he is caught up in a vision and taken out to a valley of dry bones. And in this vision, God does an extraordinary thing. He revives the dry bones. So in this text, we are going to discover the power of revival. And here I want you to see three ways revival is empowered. Three ways in which revival is empowered. And to put it all in a, a single sentence, so if you don't get anything else, right, if you doze off and don't get anything else out of this sermon, get this. God empowers revival through faithful preaching and dependent prayer. You hear that again. God empowers revival through faithful preaching and dependent prayer. Now, Kind of lay, give you some of the context of our, our verse here. Ezekiel, he is a Levitical priest living in exile in the land of Babylon. And so when Babylon came and took over Jerusalem, he was one of the people they took with them and took him into Babylon. And so he is in Babylon, and he and a remnant of faithful Jews, they are, are longing, they are miserable, and they are longing for revival. They are longing for God to, to move in a spectacular way and revive them. He feels like dry bones. And so God gives Ezekiel this vision of revival hope. 
And so that's our heart's prayer today is that we would catch this vision and that God would revive us. So if you found your place there in Ezekiel, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Hear the word of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many, very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones, became, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet an excellently great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Lord, sometimes we feel like old dry bones. We feel like there's no spiritual life in us at times. And Lord, we need to be revived. So Lord, let us see the power of revival in this text. And let that be our prayer, O Lord, that you would revive us again. 
make these dry bones live. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, as we look at our text this morning and we, we start talking about revival, first and foremost, we, we see that revival is empowered by God Almighty. Right? Revival is empowered by God Almighty. We don't manufacture revival. Uh, we say, or we, we call in this thing that we're having this next week revival, but if revival happens, it will be a work of God. Because we don't plan it and we don't manufacture it. God empowers revival. Notice in our text here that God asked Ezekiel the question. He asked Ezekiel that question. Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Now, can you imagine that? Here's Ezekiel. He is walking in this valley of dry bones. Now, maybe you've, you've been around some bones. I've been around bones here and there, cow bones and horse bones and deer bones and that sort of thing, walking out in the pastures, walking out in the field, and you come upon a, a pile of bones, and, and they're brittle, they're dried out, and, and nothing in your mind ever says, hey, I bet you I could bring those bones back to life, right? Because they're, they're done, right? They are beyond dead, and so imagine, imagine Ezekiel as he is walking there in this valley, the valley of dry bones, as a priest, mind you. Now think about that. A priest of the Lord, it was forbidden for them to touch anything dead. And here Ezekiel is. God has brought him to this valley of dead, dry bones to walk amongst them. And then God asks him that question, son of man, can these bones live? Now, Ezekiel, he's a true child of God. And so he, he doesn't say what the, the average person would say, right? Because the average person would say, no way, Lord. No way. These are bones. Bones can't live. Bones can't come back to life. But what does Ezekiel says? He says, Lord, you know. God, you know, I don't know, I can't make them live, but if anybody can make them live, Lord, you know you can do it. Lord, only you know if these dry bones can live. And I love this, what does the Lord answer Ezekiel at that point? Ezekiel 37, 4 through 6, then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord, I am Yahweh. God says, I will do it. God will do it. 
Ezekiel looks at the valley of dry bones and he says, well, it's humanly impossible, Lord. But the Lord says, I will. I will. I will do it. Only God can cause revival. Only God can make dry bones live. Man cannot, cannot, cannot manufacture revival. Revival is a sovereign act of God. If we are to live physically or spiritually, God must do the reviving. It is empowered by God Almighty, and only God can bring life. Charles Finney was a revivalist who lived back in the 1800s, and by many he's known as the father of modern revivalism. Interesting thing about Charles Finney, he thought that revival could be manufactured. He thought revival was in the hands of man. The power of revival was in the hands of man. And so he thought that you could manufacture revival. So he came up with all kinds of schemes to manufacture revival. He used manipulation to manufacture revival. He had what he called the hot seat. It was a hot seat, and it was right up front. That, that way the revivalist could get right down here and talk to those sinners, right? If you had a, a lost friend, you made sure that lost friend sat on the hot seat, and he would preach right to them, and he would uh, m manipulate them, and, and he would scream and shout and do all kinds of things to get the emotions pumping and going and going, and, and so that they would make a decision right in the moment. No, I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, I'll pray. But it was all manipulation. It was all manipulation. It wasn't by the power of God. It was in the power of man. And man manipulates to make a decision. But understand, such decisions made by man-made manipulation don't last. Right? I've been to those revivals. I've seen those kinds of revivalists at work telling uh, wonderful, outrageous stories. To, to grab the heart. And it causes people to say, oh no, I don't want that, I don't want that. And they rush down and they say a little prayer. And the revivalists can come away and say, oh yeah, we had 50 saved. But how many hearts were really transformed? You see, when man tries to manufacture revival through manipulation, it's like throwing the seed. It's like sowing the seed on that rocky ground. You remember that? Jesus talked about sowing the seed, sowing the seed on the rocky ground, right? It, it, it sprouts up in a moment because, hey, that sounds good, preacher. What you're saying, it sounds good. And so it sprouts up, but there's no root there's no real root. So when they go out the door and they begin to, to, to feel the pressures of the world, that little spurt of faith that they, they got in the revival meeting fades away. Oh, they were, weren't really saved. There was no true new life there. They just made a, a commitment in a moment. 
And the commitment faded as soon as they left the door or maybe even two or three weeks later, right? We don't manufacture revival. We cannot cause dry bones to live, not through uh, emotional appeals or manufactured manipulation. Revival is never, ever, ever a work of man. Revival is a work of God. Only God can make dry bones live. God empowers revival. Now, while God empowers revival, He also uses certain means that allows us at least a little part in the revival. We see one of those means here in in our text. Because he tells Ezekiel, he says, Ezekiel, preach! Preach to the dry bones my word. And so we see here that revival is empowered by the faithful preaching of God's word. Now, God's the power. He is the source behind it. But God uses the preaching of men as men preach His Word to empower revival. It's a wonderful thing. Notice what he says there in verse 4. Then Ezekiel said, after God told Ezekiel, Hey, prophesy, preach these words of mine to these dry bones. And in verse 4, It says, then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry to these dry bones. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And so the Lord commanded Ezekiel to preach. God commanded, preach to the dead. And that's what a preacher does. That's what a preacher does. not saying that all y'all are dead if you're born again you have life but when the lost come in and the word is preached we preach to dead those who are dead in Jesus Christ you were once dead you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked and at one time a preacher preached preached the word of God And God opened your ears to hear and you responded. God commands preachers to preach to the dead. And then Ezekiel faithfully obeys the word of the Lord. He obeys the command of the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. We'll get to there in just a moment. He preached, and life began to come to the bones. Life began to come to the bones. The bones came together. The joints started to to form upon the bones. The sinews, the joints started to form upon the bones. And then muscles started covering the bones. Oh, could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? 
all of this taking place, God reconstructing these bodies right before Ezekiel's eyes. God begins to bring life back to the dead, dry bones as Ezekiel does as the Lord commands him and preaches the Word of God. Henry Blackaby says, powerful preaching is a hallmark of true revival. Revivals demonstrate their commitment to the authority and sufficiency of the Scriptures with bold, urgent, and uncompromising preaching as they set before God's people the way of life and death. Powerful, Spirit-filled sermons concerning sin, Christ, and the cross penetrate the hearts of the saved and lost alike with the realities of eternity. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17, how then will they call upon Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And then verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. So it pleases God to empower revival through the faithful preaching of God's Word. God doesn't need preachers to bring life. He doesn't need the preaching of God's Word. God could bring life on His very own. He could do it on His own. But oh, the grace of God that allows us preachers and you Christians as you share the gospel with the lost, how He uses His people and allows them to get involved in the process of bringing new life into those who are dead and their trespasses and sins and headed towards hell. But notice also, it, it is actually the preaching of God's Word that God empowers to bring life. You see, here's the, the problem today. Today there are far too many preachers who have abandoned the preaching of God's Word. And they've replaced the preaching of God's Word with emotionally charged, man-centered, self-help speeches that promise your best life now. But avoid sin. Avoid things like the blood of Jesus. The death of Christ. And the one way of salvation by God's grace through faith in Jesus. See, so much of the problem in our world today is there's too many preachers not preaching God's Word. God's Word has become unimportant. Instead of saying, thus saith the Lord, they say, well, let me tell you a little story that I think will help you out. We don't need that. The world doesn't need more stories. you got novels. If you want to go read a story, go read a book. 
But preachers need to preach the Word. We need to preach the Word. Because only the Word of God, the Word of the Gospel, will bring new life. So revival is empowered by God through faithful preaching. And third, revival is empowered by the dependent prayer of God's people. It is empowered by the dependent prayer of God's people. Notice, as the text moves on through, as God continues to to work here with Ezekiel, we see, first of all, in verse 9, God's command to pray. Notice what he says here. He said, then he said to me, God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Now, here's an interesting thing. The word there for breath, the, the Hebrew word is uh, ruach. And the word ruach means breath, wind, and spirit. It's the same word. It's the same word for breath, wind, and spirit. So the word there, can, when he says, say to the breath, he's saying, say to the spirit. Let me read that again. Prophesy to the Spirit. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to the Spirit, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O Spirit, and breathe on these slains that they may live. What's going on here? He's saying, Ezekiel, pray to the Spirit, the Spirit of life, the Spirit that hovered over the waters in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1. Pray to the Spirit. Pray that the Spirit would come and fill these dry bones, to fill these dead bodies so that they might have new life and live. Pray. Pray, Son of Man. God commands, his, commands him to pray. God tells him to pray. And so, verse 10, So I prophesied as he commanded me and said to the Spirit, Come into them. And they lived and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. God tells Ezekiel, Well, now you've preached the Word. You've preached the Word, and, and flesh has come upon these dry bones. They're not dry anymore. Now pray to the Spirit to come. Fill them with life. And what happens? The Spirit of God comes and fills the dry bones with life. We see the, the two aspects here. The two parts that we play in revival. We proclaim the Gospel and we pray, we pray, we have to pray. Pray that God's power, God's Spirit would come and bring life. It is the Spirit that brings life. Matthew Henry says this, 
of this text, God's grace can save souls without our preaching, but our preaching cannot save them without God's grace. And that grace must be sought by prayer. As Ezekiel obeys the word of the Lord to preach, he obeys the word of the Lord to pray. And through his preaching and through his prayer, God empowers life to come to those dead, dry bones. You know, there's a reason that the apostles established the office of deacons back there in Acts chapter 6. Right, The deacons were to serve the church, to take care of the administrative responsibilities of, of the church so that the apostles could devote themselves to what? The prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So that the apostles could preach and pray. They could preach and pray. Oh, how important is it for us to proclaim God's Word and to pray for God's power? To come alive in our church and in our community. God empowers revival through faithful preaching and dependent prayer. Tonight we are going to gather together in order for us to pray for revival this week. And so I want you to come. Don't, don't just kind of slough this off, right? Come. Come. And let us pray that God would bring life to dry bones. Let us pray for revival. On the last few verses, we see God's promise and our pursuit as he, he finishes this vision, because it is a vision, now God sends Ezekiel out with a promise. A wonderful promise. And this promise is our wonderful pursuit. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 11 through 4. Notice what he says there. Then, then the Lord said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our Hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you. Notice that. I will put my spirit within you. And you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. Notice the Lord's promise. Notice the Lord's promise in this, this little paragraph here. He promises two things. He promises, first of all, resurrection life. He promises resurrected life. I will raise you up. I will open your graves and raise you up from your graves. You are dead. 
but I will make you live alive again. He promises resurrected life. But not only that, he also promises an indwelling spirit. He promises the indwelling of his spirit. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. That's God's promise. That's God's promise. It was God's promise to Ezekiel, and now it is God's promise to us because God's promise was ultimately fulfilled in Christ. It was ultimately fulfilled in Christ. We were, we were or are, right? Everyone, <coughs> excuse me, everyone in this place is either in one or t- of two positions. You either were or are dead in your trespasses and sins you either were or you are dead in your trespasses and sins you're dead to god you have no relationship with god and if you continue to be in your state of deadness to god you will die from this world physically and go spend eternity in a devil's hell what scripture says is the second death You will remain dead. You will remain separated from all the goodness of God. You either are or you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But in Christ, there is resurrected life. And not just for the future, there is resurrected life right now. There's an indwelling of the Spirit, not in the future eternity, but right now. God says that in Christ Jesus, there is new life. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That old life of deadness, that deadness to God, passes away. And we become a new creature in Him. Dear friend, you can live the resurrected life right here, right now, in this life. If you turn to Jesus. If you turn to Jesus. You can enjoy the indwelling of the Spirit right now if you turn to Jesus. If you trust in Christ. God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And God's promises, and that's our pursuit. Our pursuit is a resurrected, Spirit-filled life in Jesus Christ. For we Christians, we Christians, we want to be filled with the Spirit every day. We want to live the resurrected life. Not just talk about it, but live it out day after day. We want to have that Spirit-filled life every day. So dear Christian, as we look to this next week, pray that God would revive your soul through the faithful preaching of God's Word as you submit to the authority of God's Word in your life. Pray, pray that God would give you, fill you with spiritual life, a a new sense of spiritual life through the preaching of His Word. And for some of you, maybe you're still living in your deadness. You've never trusted in Christ God's Word says faith comes by, from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. I want you to know today 
that God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross for you, for your sins, in your place. Christ Jesus paid the penalty for your sins. You deserve death. You deserve eternal death. But Jesus Christ came and he paid the penalty for your sins in your place. He died on the cross for you. And three days later, God raised him from the dead, showing that all of that sin had been paid for. The Scripture tells us if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was resurrected or was crucified you and raised again, and confess with your mouth that He is Lord of your life, you will be saved. Turn away from death. And turn to new life today in Jesus Christ. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. God empowers revival through faithful preaching and dependent prayer. So let us pray. Let us pray as a church that Luke will bring us the faithful preaching. And pray that God would send His Spirit to bring life to dry bones. Let's pray for revival. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this Word. Lord, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, that You are the one who empowers revival. You empower salvation you empower life all together lord life is always in your hands we thank you lord that it is not dependent upon us and what we do because lord we are weak and frail and we would always fail but thank you lord that you empower revival and Lord, we pray that you would come to this place and revive our souls, O oh Lord. For some of us, we feel like we're in a dry desert land and we need reviving. For others, they are dead. They are dry bones. They are dead in their trespasses and sins and they need new life. Revive them, O oh Lord. Give them life in Jesus Christ. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.